0: For a submarine crew, there was no maneuver more exhilarating or more fear-inducing than a surface gun action. Relying on surprise and speed, the submarine would suddenly punch through to the surface while half-drenched sailors scrambled through the hatches to reach their guns and ammunition lockers. A crack team aimed to get off the first shots within 20 seconds of surfacing. Men who were usually kept cramped beneath the sea were at last unleashed to encounter the enemy face to face. For Ignatius Pete Gallanton, the human face of the enemy materialized when the USS Sculpin battle surfaced to attack a sampan in 1943. The submarine quickly riddled the small wooden craft with bullets, leaving a heavy tang of gunpowder hanging in the air that enveloped even those below decks. When the Sculpin moved in closer to the sampan, the crewmen witnessed the effects of their automatic weapons. They were close enough now to see the purple eruptions of bullets in bodies and the blood-stained waters sloshing in the bilges. How different! How personal was war when the target was flesh and blood instead of steel, Galanton observed. His experience was far from exceptional. George Greider recalled a similar incident when he ordered the USS Flasher to gun attack a sampan. After the craft burst into flames and it appeared that the occupants had jumped overboard, the Flasher pulled alongside to lob in hand grenades. A man who had been hiding behind the gunnels leaped up and went overboard, but not before staring directly at Greider with an expression of piercing accusation. At least, for that moment, Grider recalled the war had become intolerably personal. Such images contrast with the popular view of the submarine war in the Pacific as a series of stealthy torpedo attacks. The pervasive ideas of submarines waging battle from beneath the surface is conjured by book titles such as Silent Victory, Undersea Victory, Battle Below. Battles Submerged, and War Beneath the Sea. During the course of the war, American submarines fired about 11,000 torpedoes. They sank not only 200 Japanese men of war, but also more than 1,000 merchant ships. These Allied attacks have been well documented and constitute the main criteria for submarine success in the Pacific. It is a view, however, that is incomplete. There was another side of the submarine war most often ignored or dismissed. These were surface gun attacks, often on relatively small crafts such as patrol boats, schooners, sampans, fishing trawlers, and junks. The Joint Army-Navy Assessment Committee, (JANAC), established to record the losses inflicted on Japanese shipping, deliberately excluded vessels of under 500 tons from its investigations. As Japanese merchant ships became scarcer, however, America's growing flotilla of submarines increasingly turned its attention and firepower on smaller vessels of dubious military value. Calvin Moon, who served on the USS Razorback, recalls that by 1945, what was left were small things that we usually polished off with a gun. C. Kenneth Ruiz, who served on the USS Pollock, Similarly observes that by late in the war, the silent service was reduced to cutting Japan's sampan fleet to ribbons. Often the stories of these attacks run counter to the Good War narratives that tend to dominate interpretations of the Allied experience during World War II. As Jeffrey Till reminds us in writing about the Battle of the Atlantic, though, historians should never forget that the war at sea was not some kind of giant board game, but cruel, hard war in all its horrors. The brutality of total war became starkest on the surface.